Welcome, everyone, to the 13th episode of the Paper Cuts podcast. I know I said it was 13 last week, but it's definitely 13 this week. I actually counted with Evan. We went into the books. We checked. It's number 13. Yes, there was a little clerical error there, so we had to rectify that as soon as possible. Unfortunately, Dan and Nick were not able to join us. Apparently, they're off in the middle of Barbados somewhere on a couple's vacation. So they'll be back next week. I know. It's cute. It's cute. Lovingly holding hands and sipping fruity drinks with umbrellas. Yeah, they sent me a picture of uh, both of them stroking each other's beards. So <laughs> That will be like the, 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 the picture for the podcast this week? Pretty beard much. Beard stroking? Yes, beard stroking. Uh, that's, that's, I'm glad we got the episode name out of the way, beard right stroking. Right out, boom, done. <laughs> uh, Evan, it sounds like you had some fun stuff to talk about this week, so I, I want to I wanna dive in with what you read first, and then I'll talk about what I read, and then we got a little special extra thing at the end for uh, everyone. So, Evan... Send us off. What are we doing? Uh, absolutely. Uh, this week I actually picked up two number ones. I'm going to rock with Superior Iron Man number one. Now, it's a Marvel book, of course, and I haven't really delved into much Marvel because everything is going wrong throughout the entire universe at one time, and that's a little overwhelming to try to get story down. But I saw a number one pop out, and I like seeing Tony, and I heard through the grapevine that, that you know Tony was drinking again, and I'm like, I am all about that. I like classic drunk Tony stuff. <laughs> Who um, yeah, I mean, really, it's uh, the the setup. I'd have no idea what happened beforehand. My only setup was that little blurb at the beginning of the book that Marvel puts in everything because apparently every book is someone's first book, which is a great theory. But it just it doesn't give full story. Just a little snippets of what happened, and apparently there was a big fight. The good guys won, but there was a Sonic thing that screwed up some brains and every uh, apparently a number of people just went closer to the dark side i'm not going to say they went evil but their their inner demons started appearing and with tony his most inner demon is his drinking and womanizing and just frivolity in general so the the issue starts off with you know tony actually that's not true with an Iron Man suit flying through the air, flying through San Francisco, and apparently he did something to San Francisco with the Extremist Project. Um, he put it into an app. So apparently you could download the Extremist program and it, and it upgrades your physical features and, and, and makes you pretty and makes you stronger. And everybody in San Francisco was, was beautiful. So as he's flying around, um, there was a battle between She-Hulk and a character called Teen Abomination. Now, they made comment at the fact that his name incorporated the word teen, which is not going to work when he becomes 20, which I found kind of humorous. But the fact is, is that it's not a new character. It's it's Abomination redone. So nothing there. But it was a quick fight. Uh, Iron Man suit gets his head knocked off. So we find out Tony is not inside. Uh, he beats the crap out of Teen Abomination. And there's a little back and forth between, you know, the Iron Man suit and She-Hulk because Tony is lounging in a pool with a gaggle of women somewhere else with a drink in hand and just having a good time controlling his suit from afar. Um, as that happens and everything starts to settle down, Pepper shows up and is obviously pissed. Like, 
she needs to know what's going on. She's upset at the fact that he's drinking again and not being responsible. So she calls him into a meeting. They're sitting in what looks like to be his lab, and they're going over his new tech, which is what I was thinking is the Iron Man T-1000. You remember in the in the Terminator, I'm going to say two movie, the really bad guy that was all that liquid metal. Oh yeah, his suit now is incorporating that. Oh, that's so, fucking cool, <laughs> right? So it's it's not a, a, a it's not a hard shell system. It's a it's a liquid metal. It, it forms around his body, then hardens, and it's chrome, which gives it a nice look. Um, the problem that Pepper has is the fact that he released the extremist program via app so that people could just get it whenever they want and makes them pretty. She's like, you know what this has done to San Francisco. It's, it's separated everybody to the beautiful people and to those that can't download the app. And he's like, don't worry about it. Everything is going to work itself out. And then they flash over to uh, a scene in San Francisco where there's this beautiful crowd of people and they're they're confronting a bum in the street who just didn't get the app and they're saying like you're still ugly you need to go and then out of nowhere daredevil shows up and says you know i really wish at one point in time a happy mob would show up you know storming the doors of an orphanage with with beautiful fluffy toys for all the children it's never that way it's always pitchforks and and fire (laughs) so uh daredevil throws his his billy club at at a one of the people in the mob and he just like freaks out like he really didn't do any damage but the dude starts freaking out and he's like you did something you did something and then they flash back to tony and pepper having a conversation about how everything's going to work itself out and apparently the app that he released for free was only temporary and eventually it all just fades back to the way it was and then the app becomes a pay app a hundred dollars a day for the extremist program, which I thought was a genius plan. You give the first taste for free, and then you overcharge them forever. Um, Pepper's not really happy with the situation, and she's she's talking to someone in the shadows. You know, Tony's gone; he's living his crazy life, and I it's the the person in the shadow definitely resembled a um, Black Panther. And I'm like, okay, so I'm getting Black Panther and Daredevil in an Iron Man issue. But they're talking back and forth. And all of a sudden, when they reveal who she's talking to, it's someone in the classic Iron Man costume. You know, the the one with the face shield that came up to the little points. Oh, wow. I have no idea who's in that suit. And it's like, we, we're going to initiate the backup plan. And that's where it ends. So... Tony's not doing the right thing. Uh, it seems like it's going to end up blowing up in his face. I have a strong feeling that that suit, because the suit, the new extremist suit, is has a symbiote technology in it. So apparently he grabbed some from the alien symbiote. That, Wait, you know, what the fuck? Oh my god, that's fucking cool. Right, and you know how you know dealing with the symbiote always works out so fucking well. I, I, historically, it does. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, just everyone. Everyone has, has a good time, and it works out well for everyone. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. I'm sure it's going to, you know, with, with his weakened state, you know, mentally, I'm sure it's going to take, oh, I, I, you know, it's just all guessing right now, but I can't wait to see how it just goes straight to hell. So that, it, the art, great artwork. The the writing was by Tom Taylor. The artist was, okay, Yildre Sinar. I have no idea who that is, but it was stunning. It was really, really good. So, uh I highly recommend it because you get to see uh, classic 
classic Iron Man because he hasn't been that guy for a very long time. So there are probably a lot of readers out there that don't know he's a womanizing, drinking asshole. Unless you've seen Robert Downey Jr. in the first movie. Yeah, but then they just think it's Robert Downey Jr. who is a womanizing, drinking asshole. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Robert, I know you listen. You know we love you here at Paper Cuts. So it's all in good fun. Uh, of course, obviously. <laughs> let's uh, let's get that viewership up, uh, Mr. Downey Jr., if uh, you could help out with that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that sounds really cool, man. I mean, that's actually way cooler than the Superior Spider-Man stuff that was going on. Like, uh, that, that book was a little slow to start anyway to me. And uh, I, Well, with the Superior Spider-Man, it started in amazing. So, like, this, I, from what I could tell, it had no bearing in any other Iron Man book before they just had the 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 fight where he goes nutty for lack of a better term and now it's a new like almost a new completely new character so i guess it's the right thing to do we'll see um yeah good stuff good stuff yeah uh so i mean yeah if you guys get a chance pick up superior uh iron man that that book sounds awesome and i mean the fact that you have a, uh, a symbiote um, story kind of going with it is really really cool. Yeah, yeah, it it's it's just a bomb waiting to go off, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you throw a, like a symbiote into anything, bad things happen. Just classically, and if it doesn't, ah, okay, good surprise. But <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the uh, the other book you read, Evan? Uh, the other book I read this week was uh, Drifter Number One, uh, an image book by Ivan Brandon. And Nick Klein, it is a space story so far. Uh, guys traveling in space, ship is not working so well, ship crashes. Dude ends up on an alien planet, and he is, seems to be mortally wounded, but maybe he's just hurt. And these aliens, th- there's no communication. This alien, what looks to be, attacks him. He fights back. And another alien shows up and helps the first guy because he got stabbed in the head and they just wander away. So due to the fact there was no communication, it's hard to tell if the the first dude was trying to help or trying to hurt. I feel he was trying to help and the miscommunication has led this dude, uh, Abram, down a really bad path. But uh, like within seconds of him fighting these aliens, this other humanoid type dude shows up gas masks glasses whatnot can't see who he is and shoots the dude right in the gut i was like wow this is like three pages awesome and he's out done he fade to black so fast forward um what seems to be mere minutes he wakes up on a operating table and the local sheriff a woman by the name of carter is standing there and he's strapped down to the table. He seems to be in better shape now. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, he's like, uh, who are you? Why am I strapped to the table? She's like, dude, I found you with a bullet in your gut. I have no idea who you are. I brought you in here to help. How do I know you're not going to like bug out and kill everybody? True story. He's like, All right, good point. Very, very good point. Uh, we don't know how long he's been out. She's talking to a couple of people in her crew, and this priest shows up. He's like, is everything okay? So on and so forth. Blah, blah, blah. Exposition, exposition, exposition. Finally, the dude gets up, starts wandering the city. Uh, Very old, rustic town, like uh, cowboys and Indian type setup. Okay. So he's going through, he's, you know, goes to the local watering hole with the priest. He's giving him the 411 on the town, and this dude out of nowhere comes up to confront the priest. Guy stabs him in the head with a 
broken bottle. I mean, it just just went squirrely really quick. And that's it. Like they just want like it's it's like martial law in this place. So it doesn't really matter that he just stabbed a dude in the face. He's okay. He just wanders away. He was protecting the priest. So Marshall shows up. She's like, well, you got to explain to me what happens. I've let you get your bearings for a little bit. And he's like, well, you know, my ship crashed. We should go take a look at it. It's probably still smoking, you know, from the wreckage. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, it's just over that ridge. And then they go over to the ridge and there's his ship. She's like, dude, this thing crashed over a year ago. And he's like, well, how long have I been out? She goes, I've only found I only found you a day ago. So there's a time slippage there that we don't know really what has happened. Um, the The best part about this book is the fact that the world seems to be so rich. There's no like there's no law. And that always leads to good stories because everybody's doing what they want and they can have their own storylines rolling at the same time. Um, the art was the art was pretty good. Um, not my full cup of tea, but I did enjoy it. The writing was really, really well done. Uh, the story moved very, very quickly, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I'm just hoping that I get more from the the tertiary characters around in the story because this guy, this the, the main character Abram is going to have a solid story. I want to know more about this this female marshal. I want to know why the priest seems a whole bag of nuts crazy. It's it has so much possibility to just like not keep me bored, which ends up happening with a single character story. They can only do so much with one guy. So they start reiterating things and, and you know, reha- like like I said, with Tony, they had to go back to him drinking. There really wasn't much left. So with with a new world, I have the high hopes that I get more new characters and more new people to, to pay attention to and, and read about. So. How many how many cups of tea out of ten? I'm gonna go seven. S- seven cups of tea out of ten. I like it. I like seven it. out of seven out of ten because I only got snippets of the other characters. Had I gotten a little bit more of the other characters, it definitely would have been a nine. Sweet. Yeah. That sounds like a cool book, then, man. I, who was the uh, publisher again on that? It was uh, an image book. Oh, I know, well, yeah. crazy, right? <laughs> Me, image. <laughs> Why would image do anything else? They, they, they uh, they're they're so good at what they do, and that, that's a cool thing. They're not really tied down, you know, to anything with the books that they do. If they want to make a new book, they could just do that. They don't yeah, need that, to sacrifice that's, anything. That's the main difference between image and Marvel and DC. Marvel and DC, when they create a new character, everybody hates it. It's I don't know why. I guess comic geeks fear change. But we've all ingratiated ourselves with Image. And there's n- new characters all the time. I don't get it. I don't know why that, that Marvel and DC don't get the same grace that Image does. So I I think they would if they used their um, sister publishers a little bit more. Like if DC used Vertigo to launch new characters and then maybe wanted to incorporate them into the DC publishing after they've had some success, I think more people would let it go. Um, I mean, well, what what would what would Marvel, where would Marvel throw their stuff? I don't think they can make themselves a new damn fucking publisher if they want. They don't have to do it, but I mean, uh, th- I mean, it's a great theory. It makes sense, but DC has strived so much to keep Vertigo separated from DC because right. it's like you right. know, kids books to adult books, mm-hmm. as we discussed the last time. No, we did. But it is, it's a great. It it could be a testing ground for books or characters. Yeah, you know, and I I mean, that's not saying Marvel can't come out with a new uh, uh, 
not not even publishing. Imprint. Yeah, imprint because they had Marvel Knights for a while, and I mean some of those books were fucking awesome. Right, but they were the main characters right. just doing darker things, which I get. You you know you make an adult a, an adults only line, which sounds really really dirty, but it's not. Um, but the problem is is that they're still using the same. You know, flock of characters, Punisher, Moon Knight, Daredevil, just make them a little little harder, a little rougher. And it's a shame because the 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 talent that they have at their disposal can come up with some great, great characters because they are. They're just doing it for Marvel or for Image. Right. Right. And I it that kind of sucks because, you know, you have these publishers like Marvel and DC that have been around forever. They've stood the test of time. And you're right. When you were talking about Iron Man, there's not much more you can go with Iron Man. You know, there's only so many ways you can spin the same character. Absolutely. And you got to realize that was a big deal when Iron Man stopped drinking. Like, Demon in a Bottle was a humongous story for Mm -hmm. them. And now... What they have left is to just take away that story. Like they've run out of Iron Man stuff. So, hey, let's go back and switch one of the most pivotal stories ever to happen for Iron Man and make it like, you know, he's that same guy. Well, it's it's a shame because of the talent pool that's in Image right now. All of the Well, I shouldn't say all of them. A bunch of them do do work for Marvel and DC. It's not like they're coming out of nowhere. You know what I mean? No, you're right. You're right. So... Hopefully, we'll. Yeah, it's never gonna happen. I shouldn't even say hopefully. We're not gonna see new stuff. The most most new stuff we'll see is a, a female version or someone else wearing a mask of the same character. It's the same stuff over and over and over again. And God bless them; they've been doing it right for a while because they're still doing it. Right, right. I mean, um, if if you want new stories, there's always other uh, companies to read. I mean. Not too long ago, Valiant relaunched everything, and some of those books are really, really good. I uh, I read what is it, uh, Archer and Armstrong, not too yeah. long ago, and I mean that was a fantastic book. Uh, hard. What was the was the the dead 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 shot? No, the dude the the with the big red circle on his chest. Oh, oh. Um, Bloodshot. Bloodshot. Bloodshot was good. Th- yeah, great storyline, great theory. You know, military mercenary that's programmed by the military. That's a great idea, but. I don't know what happened back in the day to Valiant that they just went away, but it's a cast of characters that hasn't been run through the ringer, so they have the ability to bring them back. Right. Can't do that with Spider-Man, with Hulk, with Iron Man, with, with you know, Captain America. Like As I've said a thousand times, all the stories are done. Well, th- <laughs> that's almost why I feel like... I, I hate using this, but like they're forced to kill off some characters sometimes because... Th- that's the only way to sort of kind of release the old stories and come up with new stuff is to put a new character in there. What happens is the backlash from the old character being gone is so extreme and like so huge that the publishers have no other choice but to bring them back most of the time because just they lost readership or people screaming at them. Right, and and it's either that or they do a full line relaunch like DC's New Fifty Two. They sort of did it with Marvel. Now, what ends up happening is they end the old, start the new, but use the old storylines in with a just a 
new sheen on them. Superman is now, well, was, I don't even know if he still is, is fighting Doomsday. That happened already. We saw that. It was a pretty big deal. You know, Superman died. You know, why am I seeing this again? It's, they, they can only go so far with a new relaunch. They need a new cast of characters in some way, shape, or form, so. No, you're right, you're right. And I, I feel adding some of the more tertiary characters, I think I used that word right, Um, like yeah. Martian Manhunter. Um, yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, Dial Dial H was a cool book. You know, yeah. all, all those books were, were cool. Savage Hawkman, you know, mm-hmm. th- those those were cool characters. And it what happened in the past is the past, you know, the, the Liefeld effect took its course <laughs> and, you know, books got cut out. I understand but they brought back Death Deathstroke. They can certainly bring back these other books if they wanted to, or even other characters, characters that don't have that much story. You can keep your Batman, you can keep your Superman, and they can keep going, but give some other characters some light, which, eh, you know, not a terrible idea. And the problem with, you know, keeping Batman and Super, like, it, I, they're getting that, what I call the Wolverine effect, where they're everywhere in every book, and I, I don't get it. Like, they don't have to do that. You know, Martian Manhunter hardly shows up anywhere. Why is Batman in 72 different books? No, you're right. Totally right. So, it is what it is. So, what did you read this week, sir? Speaking of DC, uh, I went back into my huge and growing collection of comics, and I started reading Aquaman because... (sighs) Yeah, the... uh, (laughs) the, uh, What happened was, when it first came out, uh, and DC launched a new 52... I, I read Batman right off the bat, and Batman, just with Snyder, when it first came out, was like a punch in the face. It was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? This is this is cool, man. This is crazy. So I kept reading um, Batman. I read all the other Bat books with it. I read, uh, uh, what is it? I, I started reading Deathstroke. I read more of the out there books like Dial H and everything, and I got really into them. And I didn't read any other uh, main characters. So Aquaman fell to the side, and so did uh, Green Lantern which were right. both Jeff Johns' books, and I love Jeff Johns. Like, what he did for the Green Lantern in the 90s is, like, basically resurrecting someone. He made that character totally what he is today. I fully uh, agree. Absolutely. And, you know, for Aquaman, I was interested to see if he could do the same thing. Now, I don't believe he's on the book anymore, but I was starting from issue one. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I started reading it and everything, and the first issue... It's just so funny and so full of, you know, all the quips that people make about Aquaman. Basically, it addresses everything they've ever said in Family Guy about Aquaman in <laughs> one issue. And Absolutely. It, fully agree with that. Yeah, it, it, it was so cool. It was funny. You know, uh, I, I enjoyed reading it so much. And Aquaman has such a... Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I, wanna, I, I would say faith in, in humanity. It's, it's, it's awesome because... A lot of the superheroes, like Batman, uh, even Superman to a point, like, they tend to lose their, you know, faith in what we are to an extent, and, but Aquaman, like, just, at, at least in the issues I've read, has so much, like, he wants to be part of, you know, humanity, even though he's not really all the way human, he's has part of Atlantis in him, or he's part of Atlantean, I guess you'd call right. it. Right, half, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And uh, the the first storyline is really cool. It's got a, a whole um, new enemy coming out. It's not a rehash or anything. It has to do with these like man eating angler fish monsters <laughs> from like uh, this trench, this volcanic the trench. trench. Yeah, 
and uh, it's it's such a cool book. And uh, the other cool thing is it's not just Aquaman. It has uh, Mira, who's sort of his um, uh, girlfriend, I guess you'd call it. Yeah, girlfriend. We'll yeah. call it girlfriend. And uh, the the you know if you've never read Aquaman, you know seeing this crazy redhead that's dressed up like him that can control water the way she can, like she's using it like um like a, a green power ring almost you know right. she, she's making fists out of it and swords and stuff and she's just destroying these monsters i mean even more than aquaman to an extent because her power is so much more i, I want to say developed to a point it's it's crazy and yeah I, I don't know if aquaman has that same pool of powers that she does she she controls water um he and is like he is also softer you know he is a more, he's got that human side to him, which which shows his humanity, but she doesn't. She's badass. She's a tough broad. Oh yeah, yeah. And I I mean in one of the books she's picking up dog food for uh, <laughs> uh their their newly found uh, pet, and uh they're in the store and there's this really sleazy fucking store manager there, and he starts hitting on her and she asks the store manager not to touch her. And she says it again, and then she takes his hand, breaks two of his fingers straight back, and she's like, I did nothing wrong. I asked him not to touch me, and he kept touching me, so I broke his hand. And I was like, damn! <laughs> yeah, she's she's sort of to the point. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? It was cool. And then they started getting into some Aquaman uh, lore, I guess. After this storyline was over, they went into introducing the Black Manta, and mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, the way they have their rivalry, rivalry, <laughs> rivalry set up between Aquaman and Black Manta is something that you don't see too often. Uh, not to throw out too many spoilers, but essentially, there's a lot of bad blood. Just uh, it's it's an eye for an eye situation uh, with those two, and they think they're both in the right. Uh, right. So, you know, it's it's a very, very touchy situation between them. And, I, I you know, I almost feel like Aquaman's more in the wrong for that because what happened to his dad was just shit luck. Um, yeah. You know, but yeah. what Aquaman did was just in cold blood. Well, yeah, so, retribution almost. Yeah, you know, so I, it, it makes for a very, very cool story, and there's a lot of cool stuff going on. They introduce um, a team that he used to work with as well, and they have all really, really cool powers. And again, they're they're more tertiary characters, uh, but they they're really, really cool. Um, you know, they all have these neat sort of niche niche powers to them, and it makes for his team in that second storyline to be really, really cool with the addition of Mira as well. So there's so much going on, and Jeff Johns just writes him so great and <laughs> I'm so sad he's not writing it anymore. Same thing with Green Lantern, but Are are you reading them via trade or, or single issue? Uh it's single issues. I do okay. have the entire run right now though. Alright. Alright, two things about Iron Man. Or excuse me, about Aquaman. Uh, Aquaman. I wanna say it was like issue three, not hundred and ten. It was either two or three. It was very early in the re release and when they re released everything, I was like, Really? Aquaman? Come on now. It was awesome. But Issue three, I'm going to say, had the best opening of any book I had ever seen because it was like, I don't know, 12 panels of him falling out of the sky 
to land in a desert. Right. That's all it was. Yeah. It was awesome. That, 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 was, that was really funny. That was uh, the second. Was it second? It was like way early in the series. Uh, um, this, the second uh, story arc. That's what starts the um, the whole uh, uh, artifact finding thing that he's right, going right, on. Right. Um, but yeah, there there's legit 12 uh, <laughs> uh, panels of him just falling from the sky into the desert. And then it finally explains why the fuck he's falling to uh, <laughs> Into, from the sky into the desert. And I believe the uh, issue's called just Lost. And it's <laughs> right. him like staring out into like this endless desert. And yeah, then it goes into, uh, he ends up passing out once he finds what he needs to. And then there's a huge headline that says, U.S. Navy saves Aquaman uh, lost in desert. And he comes home, he kicks open the door, he's wearing a U.S. Navy shirt, and he's all happy-go-lucky. I was like, you dumb fuck. <laughs> I know. Uh, with, with they 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 uh, the rivalry between Black Manta and and Aquaman led to one of the best images in uh, the 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 Forever Evil series. I don't know if you read that or no. I, 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 I am uh, getting around to it though. <clears throat> At the very beginning of that story arc, the bad Justice League, you know, sort of wipes everyone out, and there's there's this set of images of Black Manta realizing, you know, this is all alleged, you know, no real spoilers because there's a big, big storyline to it, that this Aquaman's dead and Black Manta's just sitting there and realizing that, you know, all right, well, Aquaman's dead, so uh, I guess I'm done. All right, peace. Takes off his helmet and just starts walking away. (laughs) I was like, really? That's what's driving this entire character is to kill this one man and as soon as it's done... That's it. I'm out. Peace. So it, it the the rivalry between those two have been going on forever, um, spe- especially back in the uh, pre fifty two new fifty two issues. I think they're doing a much better job of it in the post new fifty two run. I I agree. Um, and th- they they play their rivalry off more like it should be. I mean, there's a lot of emotion between the two of them, and for good reason. And they display it very very well. Rather than it being, you know, just bad guy versus bad guy, they're explain uh, bad guy versus bad guy. <laughs> bad guy versus good guy, and you know, there there there's intention and you know a uh, a plot going on. Rather than just being like, I don't like you because you're on the side. Mainly like what Batman and Joker have going on. Joker's a hundred percent bad. Batman's on the side of good. You know, and it's just them clashing. There's no real reason mm-hmm. for it. You don't have any information on uh joker other than he just wants to ruin batman's day every fucking day (laughs) yeah and you know with black manta you know you have a story behind it and there's reasons for him wanting to do what he what he needs to and it's true with when it comes to the the joker and batman there is no why the the artist or the the writer excuse me of of the actual story arc that joker pearson can make up whatever why he wants when it comes to you know black manta and aquaman there's a why so you have to stick to that why and that fuels a a an amazing rivalry between the two that's lasted forever right right uh but i i guess we should probably stop talking about aquaman even though you know if you get a chance woo aquaman yeah read, read the jeff john stuff it's it's awesome uh and there's at least two trades worth of it possibly more um yeah. but yeah it's really cool and if you have guys ever get a chance read some of his green lantern stuff because again that guy single-handedly brought green lantern back into the mainstream again and yeah. his trades all the stuff that he did the the blackest night stuff 
all fun reads, even though Black as Night will probably cost you next to near two, three hundred dollars to get right. everything <laughs> read through. Right. But uh, yeah, it, it's a big, it's a big one. Yeah. And you know what? I've been reading comic books for decades. I'd never ever thought I'd ever say the phrase "Aquaman is cool," and it happened. Yeah, the yeah. character's awesome. I mean, just uh, alone in the uh, the Justice League stuff when Aquaman first gets introduced. Uh, and the way they introduce him uh, with, uh, what, what is it, the two bank robbers mm-hmm. uh, sitting at the end of the dock, and then Aquaman calls up the uh, the sharks to take care of it. <laughs> right, That right. was some cool shit, man. That was Actually, real cool shit. The, 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 one of the first interactions between Arthur and like the general public of the town that he's living in, and they're like, well, can you really talk to fish? And he's like, um, fish can't talk. They're just fish. <laughs> I, yeah. I like come on now. <laughs> and then he orders the fish and chips. Yes, yes, he orders the fish and chips. I loved it. I loved that it was it was so great. They're like, "What? What? What are you doing? I don't. Wait, you're so mean." And I, I was, and he's like, "Why? It's food. I, I would like food. I eat food. Can I have some of your food?" <laughs> food. Yeah. It, mm, foodie. <laughs> anyway, um. The other uh, set of stories I was reading was Chew, which is an image book. And boy, howdy, that got me into image like nothing else. Um, friend of mine that does the Stone Age Gamer podcast is a uh, uh, big fan of it. Chris loves Chew. And when I first started working at the comic book shop I used to work at, I, I, I read nothing. So I was like, you know... I'm looking for something to read. What would you recommend that's not a superhero book? And he's like, well, I, I read Mega Man, which I love, and I read Chew. And I was like, what what, what the fuck is Chew? And so he told me. And basically, it's, it's about this dude who can uh, take bites out of specific pieces of food or whatever... And he gets their history about, like, where they were grown, you know, how they were treated, you know, and if it's, like, a cow or something, how they were murdered or butchered or whatever. And <laughs> it, it's, it's fucking nuts. He starts using – he's a cop, so he starts using his abilities to start locating people. So he'll, like, find a finger – on the ground and like take a bite out of the finger to figure out where this person is is now being hidden or if they're dead or something ridiculous and it's it's absolutely bananas oh by the way chicken is outlawed and the fda is now like the fbi did i just blow your fucking mind <laughs> mind blow exactly and it's such a cool dynamic book uh they have so many cool characters coming in and out uh, the bad guys are so colorful and out out of like left field, different, and it's a breath of fresh air. It's definitely nothing like you've ever read. It's like 43, 44 issues in, and it's still fresh as a daisy. It it's a really really fun book, and there's so many cool little characters go uh, going on. Like there's this um, oh god, a cybernetic chicken named uh, Poyo. <laughs> and he's actually managed to have enough popularity to get his own one shot and it's the <laughs> coolest one shot i've ever read in my life uh but yeah i i mean have you ever read that one uh, evan no i have heard fantastic things about it and for those that don't speak spanish pollo is spanish for chicken um 
the only thing like I've heard great things about it and it sounds phenomenal. I could just I can't imagine how difficult it is for that guy to just, you know, eat, just have a regular meal with, you know, for nourishment, not for crime solving sake. Yeah, it's 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 fucking weird. And the thing is, he rarely ever eats because of his affliction. Well, I, I guess I guess eating a Big Mac could get kind of sucky if you know what happened to that fake meat. Yeah. Oh God. Ooh, <laughs> fake meat. Bleh. Bleh. Uh, yeah. So I mean, that that was a uh, pretty much what I uh, read this week. I, I Chew is just something you have to read to kind of fully grasp. It's not like Aquaman, where you know I can talk about its continuity now being better than something in the past or related to something else because there is nothing to relate it to. It's it's a totally new idea, and you know, as Evan and I were saying, that's what Image does the best. They get their ideas out there and they display them like fucking peacocks in a zoo, just full and vibrant. <laughs> Big bloomage. Yeah, so uh, check it out. It's it's a really cool book. You can find the trades for relatively cheap. Uh, Image normally doesn't charge a huge amount of money for their their trades. Well, so even still, the trades are always a better value because you get so much more for your dollar. Yeah, you know if 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 you don't have to read it every week i would probably recommend waiting for the trades to come out you get a full story every time so yeah yeah absolutely uh so evan we want to do a little special piece uh going on and uh why don't you explain to people what we're going to be talking about okay uh, a little backstory on me i have been collecting comics since i was approximately five years old now i know that sounds kind of crazy but the fact is is that my father collected books for me and I've I learned how to read with comics. It comics have always been in my life, but I've always been a paper comic kind of guy. I like having the book in my hand. I like the smell of a new comic. I love flipping pages. I like being able to go back and forth and hearing the actual turn of the page. Um, it's been that way for ah, three decades, and very recently I I had the ability to do a digital download. My first digital download was one of those freebies, you know, that when you buy a Marvel book, it has the little the little coupon in the back that you can pull it off and then right. you, you download that issue, which you just spent $4 on. I didn't understand that process. Um, I, In my opinion, you know, you give me the digital download for a book that I haven't purchased and I may want to then purchase that book, but I'm not in charge of Marvel, so they're going to do whatever they want to do, but... I I, I, I I understand why people are going digital. It's super, super convenient. Um, I can well, I can look at it on my computer. I can look at it on my tablet. I can look at it on my phone. I literally was in, well, you know, in the bathroom reading a comic on my phone. Now, granted, I have a Note 4, which is, you know, what they call a phablet, which is awesome. Phone tablet. I love that word. But I, it came with me everywhere. I didn't have to have my bagged and boarded book because I still do sort of have that mentality of, of collecting. I don't necessarily collect it for value. I collect it to keep it, to have it later on. I read the book. I, I put it in a box. And after 30 years of doing that, I have a lot of comics. I got boxes and boxes and boxes of comics that every time I move, it's a real big pain in the ass to move them. So I understand the theory behind digital. The, the problem that I have is I don't get that page. I don't get that, that physicality of it. How do you feel, Dean, about the, the digital process? Uh, 
Okay, so when I was growing up, uh, the you know this was early '80s, you know through all the '90s, um, I, I comic books were always a staple. My dad would bring home a couple for me, you know, every few weeks, and I I was reading Wolverine and you know some old Superman books, and it was so much fun. And you know, especially in the '80s when they were still using um the the what the hell they call that the dot um shit. Oh the the this the. Uh... I would call it stipple, but that's not. I know what you're talking about. Okay, though, that, the, the the newsprint style, right, artwork, right, yeah, yeah, and you know that was so cool to look at and everything. And I, I mean, you smelt the book like you know it was it was it was something. And while they don't really are, they aren't like that anymore. You know, just because computers have come such a long way now, um, it's still nice to have a physical piece. However, and this is a big however. I have a Surface, a uh, Microsoft Surface, mm-hmm. and it has an app called Comics. <laughs> and, um, you know, I can just get the the CBRs, the, the scans for them. And I'll, I'll normally buy whatever book I'm, I'm getting anyway. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go on Comixology and uh, grab it. But I can load up the entire book onto my Surface. And you've seen how big Surfaces are, mm-hmm. right? Right, yeah. And the whole fucking screen is filled up with one singular page, and it is the greatest thing I've ever had <laughs> because you're, you're telling me that I can have like 64 gigs worth of comics in my Surface and right. just go nuts and go to town. And uh, yeah, it's great for that, man. You know, it, it, I, it was it's it's funny that you say that because my main computer that I use at my home is a Mac Mini, mm-hmm. which is a tiny little computer, but it's a full blown computer. It's got like a 500 gig hard drive or whatever, but it's attached to a 32 inch television. And the first time I downloaded a book, it was it was on that television. So that, you know, what is it? You know, uh, 7 by 11 or 7 by 9 inch page showed up on a 32 inch screen. And it was a high quality scan because apparently these places actually take pride in their scan quality. And it was awesome. It it improved the artwork and the read so much at that moment. But once I was done, I, I didn't have I, I didn't have a bag and board. I didn't have the box. I didn't have that stuff anymore. So it it I'm of two minds of the situation. I get I understand the convenience, but it's not it's not <laughs> that addiction almost. It's not quelching that. Right. I still have that. Like I I, I feel like I'm gonna end up downloading stuff and buying it, which is just not a good thing. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. When you know uh, what was it. Every Tuesday at the comic book shop, uh, <laughs> new books would come out. Or no, that's when they would get shipped. Wednesday, yeah, we get them in. Right, we get them in on Tuesdays. They're out on Wednesdays. Okay, yeah. So uh, you know, I'd go home after knowing what books were coming out because I was putting them out in the shelves that night, and I'd wait till twelve o'clock in the morning. All the books would be digitally delivered, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, I can read them before I go to bed, and literally know what I'm talking about in the morning." So when people come into the store, like, "How's this book?" I'd be like, "It's fucking great. I read it already." Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Step up. Uh, yeah. You know, th- there's definitely some perks to it because, you know, as soon as the release time hits, those books are digitally dropped. There's a timetable that those things are abiding by, and they're just waiting to hit the shelves. Compared to, you know, you don't have to go anywhere to wait for a store to open. 
uh, you know, go to a cashier. If if you're not a fan of human interaction, uh, digital is <laughs> the way to go. And there's there's one main uh, um, company or website that I believe Amazon owns now that really has the market cornered on this, and it's uh, Comixology. Right, right. Uh, and the thing is, you can get almost all your books there. Really, the only books that I believe they don't have a huge amount of are the Dark Horse books. But everything else, when it releases... It's out on there, and it's 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 great. You know, I I have it on my uh, my Nexus Seven, mm-hmm. and uh, I just I purchase what I want. It downloads right to the the tablet, and you know if I don't want it taking up space on my tablet, I could delete it, and that, then it's on the cloud, and I can uh, download it whatever I whenever I want. The one issue I have though is that if this company goes under, where are all my comics? Right. You know, right. And that's and that's it's it's a cloud based system, right? Like it's yes. not on your hard drive. So Correct. like that's the same thing, you know, even if you look at like iTunes, you know, you you bought the stuff, technically you don't own it. You can't give it to someone else. Like if I buy a comic, I could put that in a bag and board and give it to someone else for them to read. You really can't do that with all this di- well, the legal digital system. The 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 illusion of ownership is another thing that bothers me about the the digital process now i don't know how all of the companies i know dc has their own marvel has their own comiXology just became the most convenient because it's all there i'm under the assumption that the other companies you know the main companies have their own process um i if i want to at some point in time like i have kids Am I going to be able to access, you know, the first comic that I ever downloaded or are they eventually going to take it off their server so I can't have it anymore? Or I can't see it anymore. It's a bit of a scary thought. I mean, I if I was sort of to assume things like this, uh, a good example is some place like Steam, uh, you know, the video game mm-hmm, uh, distribution. Mm-hmm. Now, if you download something and they take it off their servers, if you already purchased it, it's still yours. Even though it's not installed on your system, you don't have a hard copy of it, they still let you keep what you purchased and it's available for you to download. However, if anyone was to search it on their store and try to re- uh, make another purchase of it, like from another computer or whatever, right, it wouldn't be there. However, gotcha. you're still totally available to purchase it, which I would assume would be the same thing. They're not going to tell you you can't buy this anymore, and uh, we're going to take it off your hard drive, even though you paid your hard-earned money for it. Right, and and I get that, but the fact of the matter is, there's so many more comics than there are video games. No, you're you're totally. Uh, you know, like we're that. talking, like we both worked in a comic shop. How many books a week came out? Oh, it was. It's not. It's yeah. not necessarily the only like the fifteen that some people may buy. There's like you know upwards of a hundred books a week. Right. From all different companies, and it just seems like a humongous task to keep all of them. And then on top of that, you have like a, a back catalog. What happens? Where? Who's scanning in those books that you know weren't around or weren't available when digital started? Am I going to be able to get? Like, there's still there's still things to be said for physical uh, collecting and having your own private collection. Digital is amazingly convenient i'm not going to knock that i could take like i went on a trip somewhere and i had to sit in my car and wait for five hours so i had a a short box of comics sitting beside me like now i don't have to do that i can have a tablet or i can have my phone and have you know countless amounts of books available to me in you know a a five-inch screen 
Right. I, did, I, I just, it takes away that, that collector feel. No, I, that, I, that, I totally understand it. it you know, it, they're, they're not in front of you and it, it's totally understandable to where, you know, you, if, if you want to, to take a chance on a book, I guess, but not have all the you know, an, another book taking up more space. And, you know, I, I'm sure people listening who don't collect comics are like, what, it's just a book. All right, fine, it's just a <laughs> book. But when you have 100 books of all titles you don't read and it makes up a whole short box, then you're like, well, fuck, now I have an extra 25 pounds worth of books and I don't know what to do with them because I didn't read any, uh, well, I'm not interested in any of these stories. So now they're just sitting here. Right. And right. For, absolutely. For something like that, all right. You know, it's cool. You can take a chance on it, and if you like it, cool. You know, you can go and head and actually go into the store and pick it up. If you don't like it, you didn't really lose anything aside from four bucks and uh, you know a, a place in the cloud somewhere, which doesn't really mean anything to you. That's on Amazon servers. <laughs> right. Right. You don't. You don't have to worry about the. That's like that's the big thing when it comes to collecting is having the physical space. It, it may not, like you said, seem like a lot, but one book turns into a book, a bag, a board. Then that turns into 100 books, which turns into 300 books, which is now a long box. That long box then turns into two long boxes. And it's really, if you, if you have certain titles that you collect, you know, weekly, monthly, depending on the book, that happens fast. Fast. I don't collect every, I, I collect a very finite amount of titles when it comes to this podcast i will actually look for specific things to read and it's standardly not the stuff that gets pulled for me every week or every month um i'm going through a short box a month like that's a lot sounds like we're talking about cigarettes almost. yeah <laughs> you know they're a long box a month uh it's, it's running up the bill uh but yeah you know I, I i from that standpoint what i do when i do this podcast in specific is i i go online I pick the books that I want off Comixology, and I do the same exact thing. They're normally not books I'm going to read every day. You know, uh, when I picked up, oh, jeez, what was it, Annihilator? You know, if if I was in a comic book shop, probably would not have picked up Annihilator. The fact of the matter is, is that I like doing different things on this podcast, so I will go out of my way to pick up a book that I probably wouldn't read, and, you know, maybe I'll enjoy it, and then I'll say that on the podcast about how much I enjoyed it, and that's what I like doing. I like the surprise of this podcast and that's why I, you know, I do this is because it's, it's sort of, um, it's exciting to read something new than again, you know, reading Spider-Man for the, right. Absolutely. Like I, I only have a, a collection of, I don't know, 15 to 20 titles that, you know, some of them are up to 35. Some of them are up to 135. Like I like to 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 read the stuff that's new. Maybe it'll become part of my list. But if I like it, I'll actually tell people about it, you know, beyond the podcast. There's only so many times I could talk about Moon Knight and have people care. If I was allowed to, I'd do it every month. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that would become boring for people who don't like, you know, those crazy people who don't like Moon Knight. It's the the availability with digital gives a easier form of variety. I don't have to hit the shop because when you when you when you're buying at a at a, you know, brick and mortar store, your main focus is that cover. And if that cover doesn't grab you, you're going to walk by it. 
you know, when it comes to the digital, you'll get a little blurb about what the book is. You maybe like you don't get the same thing as you're flipping the physical copy unless you're reading it, you know, while standing in the store. Then what's the point of buying it? We don't allow that in certain stores, but that's besides the point. Um, the The availability of information when it comes to digital is a lot more the physicality of things will never, ever be the same. I will never get the same feeling of downloading the brand new issue of Moon Knight that I do buying the book and taking it home. So No, of course, and I, I totally understand. I can bring up one more point, and I, I guess I will. Is um, All right, so you, know, you got uh, someone brand new to comics, and they're like, what should I read if I want to get into it just for ease of use? Batman. I, I, I don't want to read any of the new stuff yet. I want to know about Batman. You know, uh, what about when Batman got his back broken? Who Who's this guy? You know, wh- what is he? All right, well, you know, that's uh, Batman. What is it, Nightfall? I think it mm-hmm. is. All right, right, so Batman Nightfall. Uh, you know, one of the biggest books of the 80s besides um, uh, Death in the Family. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, you... you you go to the store and you go to buy it. Um, say there's a sealed, uh, there's a graded copy of it. That's all they have, and it's like a sixty, seventy dollar book. And I mean that I'm speaking relatively cheap compared to some of the books out there. Right, right, right. Um, right. Do you really want to spend you know sixty, seventy dollars on one issue of the beginning of the story? No, probably not. What you can do is you can A, get it in trade, which it'll come in a big book, and most likely it'll probably cost $30, $40 because Nightfall was a very, very big storyline. Or you can go online and you can get the issue from Comixology or you know, probably DC Universe or whatever, and it'll cost you 3 or $4. And you could go issue by issue to see if you like it, or you can buy the uh, trade paperback and if it's something that you know they're still carrying at that point and still you know have scans of it, it might cost you 20 bucks and it, that that's the thing you know uh say you want to go back and read superman number one F- good fucking luck <laughs> reading superman number well, one you might be able to get if you're talking the new 52 you might be able to get to 17th printing and it would only be seven dollars right right <laughs> you know now if you want to read superman number one the original what, 1930s printing of it you know uh <laughs> g- good luck two million dollars uh however you can go online and they have it for four dollars four fucking dollars for that book and you're never ever gonna get to ever read that anywhere else, you know, unless someone has a scan of it somewhere on the internet. But besides that, if you want to get it legally, that is probably one of the most perfect ways to do it. Old backstock is what uh, Comicsology has been building up on, and I, I'm I'm not gonna lie, that's the way I uh, read GCPD, which isn't that old. But for me to go out of my way and get all the trades of it in a comic book shop, you know, they could be out of the book. Uh, they, they might not have it at all. Um, you know, they might have single issues instead, instead of the trades. Uh, that, that's sort of a pain in the butt for me. When I was working at the, uh, uh, jeez, uh, the comic book shop, I wanted Superman Red Sun. Just so happened that, uh, the book went out of print for a while and they weren't going to have it in for like a couple months. What the fuck? I all I want right. to do is read the book. Right, right. No, and and digital has, like I said, digital has its place. It's very, very helpful. It's very convenient. The what it doesn't do is scratch that collector's itch. 
it it's a mindset of people like myself who grew up in the 80s and 90s collecting comic books and i'm using that word properly collecting um my father collected five six ten twelve copies of a book at one point in time thinking that it was going to be my college education it wasn't I was a collector to read singles, you know, one copy. I read the book. I put it away. I just have, it's just, when it comes to new stuff, I still need that little fix. I need that little page turn and digital doesn't give that to me. But just like you said, if I want to go back and read something, you know, there was a point in time where the hunt was what it was. You wanted to go from shop to shop where, you know, back in the day you could, there's, you know, hundreds of shops all over the place it's not that way anymore it's a lot tougher to do the hunt i mean you have the convenience of ebay and, and amazon and stuff like that but it's not the same the, my my point about digital is that i feel it's a it's a it's an amazing thing it's absolutely helpful for the new reader it's never ever going to satisfy that old school collector like myself i i would have to agree for anyone wanting to get into the comics it's a cheap way to do it um, and to be honest, you never have to leave the, the sanctity of your home if you don't want to. It, you know, <laughs> you could legit sit there, download pretty much whatever you want. And I'm not going to say that there's no stores anywhere. I mean, Evan and I live in New Jersey, and there's at least five or six stores in both of our surrounding areas. While they're not in the immediate vicinity, they're still relatively close where we can go travel to them. But... You know, for someone who's never read comics, it's a little scary to walk into a comic book shop and see all these books on a wall, you know, asking for someone's help. You know, a lot of people don't like asking for people's help. I, I work in retail. I see mm-hmm. people all the time who were physically avoid me unless I go up to them and ask them if they need anything. And, you know, for someone to walk into a comic book shop, which... Uh, let's just be honest here in the 80s and 90s was stamped as like the nerd capital of the world um you know it's 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 intimidating for someone to walk into that situation especially now because comics are the cool thing to read and uh you know (laughs) no isn't it so weird it is very weird but you know it's, it's intimidating for someone to walk into there i had someone who i work with um where he was like, you know, I went to your old comic book shop and I, I, I almost didn't ask one of the guys you used to work with um, about what books uh, I should read. But then I did and I was so happy about it because he told me about all these great books. And he put witches in front of me. He put, uh, um, he had a bunch of uh, bat books. Uh, he had the, the, you know, the Robin Omega series going on, uh, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had, he had a bunch of stuff and they were good books. And I was like, uh, well, see, aren't you happy you asked man? You know, because now you got all these great books to read and there's plenty of, uh, new issues coming out that you could read them. And, but the, the, uh, my, my point is, is that, um, you know, some people don't like doing that. And the thing is, you can go online to a lot of these websites and if they have a what should I read section and it gives you first issues of all these books. It gives you trades. It'll give you whatever you want. Like if you type uh, Batman into Comixology, it'll come up with all types of first issue Bat books. It'll come up with the trades for you. It'll come up with anything with Batman in the title. So, you know, it's it's a simple way of doing things. And for the new uh, uh, person or casual reader, it's great because you you can get everything that you want in one place and you never have to leave your chair. 
And I agree. I mean, you know, walking into a, you know, a brick and mortar type store sometimes can be overwhelming. You know, the stores that I frequent or have been to in my life, you know, you walk into some of them and it's like my childhood threw up all over the place and I'm looking at toys and, and statues. And I mean, it, it when it comes comic book shops are very rarely just comics anymore because there's so much available for the actual collector or the people you know you know their bust statues toys cars collected editions old school books new books i mean there's so much that it can become overwhelming so i guess you know to wrap up what you're saying and what i'm saying digital is a, is a viable option for the new reader don't ever be afraid to walk into a store and ask for help there are people that are working there that probably know more than you do because they work there. Um, get into comics at your pace. If you want to grab a trade, grab a trade. If you want to do digital so you can get your feet wet, do digital so you can get your feet wet. If you want to do digital entirely, do digital entirely. The point is, is get comics into your hands because the stories are endless. They're so fun. And, you know, if you don't, we don't have a podcast anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, you, you guys watch... Batman movies, you watch Superman, you watch all the Marvel movies. These stories originate somewhere. They're not new things. They they come from the books. So if you like those stories, go into your local shop or go online and and buy them. You know, there's no reason not to. You, you want to to see more uh, X Men. There's literally <laughs> thousands, yes, yes. thousands. You know, one shots, uh, uh, crossovers. You know, team ups. Anything you could ever want are at these stores or are online now, and you know they're they're just waiting to get into your hands. Yeah, if you want to continue to see, you know, Batman break box office records and Superman fight Batman and a Wonder Woman movie or an, a new X Men movie, Spider Man. I mean. Television shows, Arrow, uh, Constantine, uh, the Daredevil run that's going to be on Netflix. All of that stuff doesn't happen if the local comic shop and the digital versions go away. Because I don't care what you think, those people sitting in the studios aren't very creative. Someone else is writing all of those stories and they've been writing those stories for, I what, 75 years for Superman yep. now? Yep. So, I mean... The stuff's there. You don't necessarily have to see it on the big screen or the little screen. You can, you know, make your own little movie in your head. Yeah, and, you know, to be honest, uh, one of my friends isn't a big reader in general. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give you a book. I'm going to give you a book, and you're going to read it. And, you know, I, I don't care if you don't read books or something like that because, you know, to be honest, these aren't just books, you know, there there's more to them than just that comic books are more than just, you know, uh, what you're talking about, because he, mm -hmm. he thinks, you know, uh, something like, I, I don't know, Neil Gaiman's New Gods is the same as, you know, reading Death in the Family. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I love you know, Neil Gaiman, but that book was fucking long and it was tough to get through at points. <laughs> What's going to end up happening is hundreds of years in the future when they start digging up, you know, archaeologists of the future, digging up our past, what we are now. And they're going to come across comics and it's going to become the gods, you know, the Zeus, the Thors. All of those are stories that came from the past. These are our new stories and we're part of it. You know, we're making it happen because we go to the movies, because we watch the television shows, because we support our local comic shops, the the the. 
the theology of it, you know, the, 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 the superheroes that make up our current culture are going to last forever. And, you know, when aliens finally take over the planet and invade, they're going to realize, oh, there is once was a Superman that ruled these people with a soft and gentle hand. <laughs> Maybe we should have been like him. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, bottom line, get into your comic book shops, get online, get these books. Um, there's no reason not to. They're, they're great for you. You know, uh, it, they're, they're good for kids. There's plenty of kids' books out there. Uh, just oh, yeah. just Absolutely. start diving into them. You know, there's no, again, there's no reason not to. The stories are great. You know, you can literally read them for hours, and it boosts your imagination tenfold. I fully agree. I concur, sir. I'm glad we uh, we agree. Uh, so I, I guess that wraps it up for us, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, as always, uh, you guys should definitely check out the Garden State Comic Fest. That is quickly approaching. We're, what, T-minus uh, less than a year away now? <laughs> well said. It's uh, July 25th is the date. Check us out on Facebook, all, all the social medias. We're going to be announcing... Uh, availability of tables and that's where we're going to be doing that all on Facebook so that everybody has a chance to try it again and if you got wares to sell or you want to show off your stuff uh yeah it's coming up quick it's getting kind of you know daunting but bigger is better they say yeah yeah you know and that'll uh you guys got a new space this year and everything that's uh bigger so yeah, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll be there again, uh, just like we were this year, and uh, hopefully we'll do uh, another uh, paper hunt, just like we uh, did, did <laughs> yeah, last that year. Was, that, was, that was entertaining. That 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 in fact was. Um, so yeah, check it out. Uh, they're they're gonna be announcing new stuff uh, soon, so uh, keep your eye out for that. And if you like this podcast and you want to listen to more of our stuff, uh, whether it be this one or any of the others we do, you want to contact us or check out any of the other content we do, whether it be articles, videos, anything like that, head over to our website, which is www.g33klife.com. If you need any more information on our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube stuff, it's all below in the show notes, and the links are right there. You can just click on them, and it'll bring you right over to wherever you desire. So with that, I'm Dean DeFalco. I'm Evan Goldstein. And keep reading comics. Comics! Comics!